Welcome back to another edition of our Leadership Podcast here from TCU. It's presented by the executive programs at the Neely School of Business, online at neely.tcu.edu. I'm Brian Estridge, and for the next few minutes, we're going to visit with the athletic director at TCU, Jeremiah Donati, uh, who now is, I, I guess, man, you're, you're like a veteran in this job now, right? <laughs> I mean, you've seen it all, done it all. Can we say that yet? A seasoned, grizzled <laughs> veteran. You know, 18 months in, no, but... Uh, you know, it feels like it's been longer, Brian, because, you know, I've been here eight years and, and actually just passed the eight-year anniversary. So I've had a lot of experience working with the wonderful staff. So it's been 18 months, but it, it does feel longer. And, and you know what? One of the things that you benefited from, and we're going to spend today, by the way, talking about persuasion and the use of that in leadership. But one of the reasons why it feels like it's been longer, it, obviously it has been with the eight-year anniversary, but you were able to be in a role where you were in a leadership position, albeit not necessarily with the top title, right? It, you were given some freedom and flexibility um, in, the, in the previous role to be a leader within the department. Well, absolutely. And, and when I got here, that wasn't necessarily the case. Uh, you know, I really, we were right in the middle of fundraising for the at, the, at the time, which was the stadium renovation and finishing that. And so it was kind of... Um, heads down and get this thing done. And, and, and uh, you know, I think from that, I, I was able to show that, that one, I wanted to be here and I cared about this place, but that I, that I could, you know, lead a team and that uh, we could be effective together. So that's kind of how it started. And then from there, um, it ended up taking over the external side of things and, and being in charge of that. So I was in a, a leader, leadership role very early on here, and, and it was fun to, to have that, that role grow and evolve. Jeremiah, when you got here, I, I can remember your, your office was – what should have been a broom closet, <laughs> right? Am I right it about was. this? Yeah, it, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't the largest office was. in the world. No, it was. Uh, and and you were working, you know, 80, 90 hour weeks, as you said, on this project. But that led to a key part of leadership and the art of using persuasion in leadership that I think you benefit from now. Mm-hmm. And that's credibility. Yeah. Because well, that that probably established your credibility more than anything. Would you agree with that? I, I think so. And I think, you know, I, I was given the option to to have a bigger office and to remove someone who had been in a, in that role. And I didn't one, I didn't think that was right. I wanted to show to the team that that uh, I wasn't concerned about the office. I mean, as long as I had a computer and a, and a light switch I could turn on. I mean, I, I, I had the ability or I, I wanted to show that I had the ability to do it anywhere. And I wanted to show the team that those things don't matter. And, you know, people will come and go from offices, but, you know, the passion and commitment you have to a place, I mean, those things, um, uh, you know, th- those things won't. And so um, I wanted to show them that I was um, worthy. My, my whole thought has always been, you know, I've never asked for a raise. I've never asked for a new title. I think you put your head down and you take care of business. Those things take care of themselves. They tend to. And so whether it was the office or a new title, I, I, I didn't uh, – you, you wouldn't. You just never saw me do that. Was there a point there, though, where you thought to yourself, and maybe this is not a, maybe it's not a cognizant thing that happens, but in order to be a good leader, we talk about you have to have credibility. Was there a point where you knew, okay, I'm I'm accepted here, or I I think they view me as being credible? Yeah, I, I th- pretty early actually. It was probably the summer after I started here, which would have been a few months. We made some some significant headway pretty quick, and I th- I think people saw with the hours I was putting in and and uh, my commitment to being here that that it wasn't uh, 
um, a short-term thing. I wasn't just Chris's guy or, mm-hmm. or what have you, but that, uh, that I, I could be effective here. And, uh, and, you know, and people, I say this all the time, but this place is like a family. I mean, it, it didn't take long for people to literally and figuratively kind of put their arms around me and, and really, really welcome me and accept me. So it was that, that, um, um, that part of it, you know, happened pretty quickly and, and which was, which was great because it allowed me to, you know, to probably do some, some bigger things early, if you will. They, uh, so you had to establish a credibility. You realized it, that it happened, but you also were learning along the way about your audience in the role that you're in now, mm-hmm. which is another important part of using persuasion and leadership. You have to know who you're talking to. You have to know your, your team and what makes them tick, right? Absolutely. You know, you there's an old saying that, um, you know, you can treat people fairly but not equally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's an old saying from, from John Wooden's time. Um, some people require more hands-on. Some people require more love. Some people need you to be uh, more straightforward and sometimes yeah. more difficult, um, um, harder on them, if you will. And so I, everyone, I think every leader needs to identify what those what those the characteristics of those folks on your team and what's going to what what they need to be more efficient because at the end of the day you know that's one of my kind of big core values is efficiency and mm-hmm. making the best use of our time well you know people have to understand your vision and they've got to they've got to be persuaded by by your leadership style and convinced that where you want them to go with you is the, is the right place to go and and to get there you have to display Evidence, compelling evidence is, hey, this is where we're headed and this is why we're going there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to use, and I don't, I don't, this is, I don't want to view this as a negative, but vivid language. You kind of have to describe it along yeah. the way to some people. Well, you have to lay it out there. The dream. Yeah, you, you do. You have to spell it out. And, and um, you know, leadership comes in different kind of forms and fashions. I've always thought that I would never ask someone to do something I wasn't willing to do myself. Right. And so, you know, with fundraising, that's working events and working late and working late and going early to golf tournaments and setting up and taking down. And, and even after the first step, after I became the Frog Club director, I still liked doing those mm-hmm. things. And I wanted the team to see that, that I, I wanted to be involved in those. And um, even even to this day, even though with a, with a sli- slightly busier schedule, I still try to do those things. I think I need to do a better job. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't ask someone on my team to do something I wasn't willing to do myself, even to this day. Um, and I think that's, 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 uh, I think that's an important um, sign of a leader. I, I, example plays a key role. And by the way, Jeremiah Donati is with us, the athletic director here at TCU. It's our leadership podcast brought to us by the executive programs at the Neely School of Business online at neely.tcu.edu. Uh, so uh, obviously credibility plays a role uh, in, in leadership. But there's also an emotional ro- uh, role that is played in that in order for you to lead people in the direction you want them to go, an organization, you have to connect with them emotionally too, don't you? Mm-hmm. I- I- and I wonder if that isn't maybe the most important part of your job when it comes to student athletes or colleagues or it comes to those who are constituents, mm-hmm. the emotional side of things. Well, they have to understand that you care. And, and not just about TCU, but about them and their well-being. I mean, I, the hardest part of our job is, is and, the, and the, probably the one thing that, that you probably like the least of this job, is you 
on a week-to-week basis are making life-altering decisions about people, sometimes student-athletes, sometimes staff. And sometimes that's very difficult to do. And that's probably, like I said, the, the hardest part of the job is to make a decision about someone that you know will impact potentially the rest of their life. Um, but you've got to do it. And people are counting on me to make a fair decision in the, in, with regard to their future. And um, to show sometimes you're giving people really hard news, but I always try to find the way we can let them down the softest mm-hmm. in, if, if, in fact, we do have to. Um, and, and, and like I said, these are difficult conversations to have, but I really mean that, that I think um, I, I'm, I think you got to treat people fairly. Um, I think um, and there's, there's a lot of anger in the world these days, and I think one thing that gets overlooked is how you treat people. People are so stuck on their phones, and they'd rather text message you saying that you're a bad person or a bad right. leader or a bad whatever it is um, than, than actually confront you and say, hey, these are the issues I'm having, and I'd like to talk to you about them. So we try to do that. I try to you know, work very closely with my executive team, which is about 15 folks in the department that, that oversee all of our various units and uh, work with them on those things. And I hope that they feel that way about me, but also that that will, tra- that will, that will work its way down to them because they, they basically oversee the other 160 folks on the staff. As hard as those decisions are and those messages are and those conversations are, if you are coming from a position of priorities is a lesser word. If you are coming from a position of here are our core values, mm-hmm. and this decision is based on that. Yeah. That gives you some, not flexibility, but it allows you to, it gives you a fallback in that, hey, this is what this decision is based on, and we are doing it for all the right reasons. Yeah, and they, and they may not like it, but yeah. you hope that they'll respect it. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of decisions, if you think about it, that you know, I've, I've been on the end of that I didn't like, <laughs> but yeah. I respected, and and I can I can remember how those situations were 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 were, uh, were handled, and that you can remember sometimes, and we've all been through this where you're you're given some bad news, and and maybe it wasn't uh, um, provided to you in, in the mean in the uh, the method by which right. you, you know you <laughs> would <laughs> you would have a whole lot of respect um, for the way in which it was handled. So. I, we try to avoid those at all costs because you want to leave people with their dignity. You understand the sacrifice they're putting in to be here, um, whether it's a student athlete or a staff person. And so those are, I kind of start with that. If we get to a point where a difficult decision needs to be made, you know, I start with the, what's the softest way we can let them, we can soften the landing, if you will, and, um, you know, and make sure we just conduct it in a fair way. Have you been on that side? Have you, have you been on that side where you've been the receiver of the news that you didn't want to hear? Well, as a former athlete agent, you know, you, clients come and go all the time. And so, yeah, we've, we, we've, we've been uh, in my former line of work. Um, and there's a lot of recruiting, too. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. a lot of recruiting. And, yeah. and you think that you've got, you know, this, this unbelievable client you're going to, you know, walk to the, you know, walk them into the Hall of Fame with. Right. And then all right. of a sudden you get, a, you get a letter and all of a sudden it's over. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're fired. And yeah. so, so, yes, in that regard. And in that industry, it's very common. Mm-hmm. But the first couple of times it happens, it's, you know, it's crushing. Mm-hmm. And you think about all this work you put in and there's no recourse. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's to file a yeah, grievance you, you, with, right? You get the, uh, you know, thank you for your efforts, best of best of wishes in your future endeavors. Yeah. You know, one of those, and you know, I won't, I won't, I won't list off any any former clients, but <laughs> but they've got to, you know, everybody's got to make business decisions, sure. and sometimes there's better fits out there, and that's not lost on me. 
Uh, you know, fortunately, it's been quite a while, uh, at least in the business context. But, you know, we've you get bad, bad news in business. I mean, heck, we thought we should have been in the NCAA tournament this right, year. Right. You know, that was crushing. Yeah. But I would tell you this. I got a phone call from someone on the selection committee who called me the next day and was very empathetic and said, look, you guys were incredibly close. I mean, razor thin. And, and here's why. Here's what we thought what separated you from from the from basically the last team, right. if you will, that got in? Or here's here's a couple of things. He didn't even do that, and mm-hmm. I thanked him. I didn't reach out. You see, I didn't make a big fuss on Twitter because it's done. I've never really believed in that. Um, I felt there was a reason we probably didn't get in. Um, it was hard yeah. to accept. It, I mean, there's still part of me that's probably not quite over it. Um, but you know, the way in which I'll never forget that athletic director who sat on the committee that reached out to me and said, "Hey, man, I've I've been where you've been." Mm-hmm. This is a this is a cold, lonely day. Sure, <laughs> and, and ironically, it was a very cold day here. But uh, th- those things, you know, you kind of you take those moments and you put them in your toolkit uh, for the way in which you want to handle those situations going forward. Is it harder to make that call, that tough call that you have to make, mm-hmm. w- with a coach or with a student athlete? Well, probably a student athlete in the sense that you you get one shot at college, right? You get four years of eligibility. Right. You can do it. In, you can play it in five. You, you don't get a lot of do-overs. You know, I have less empathy for a grown adult. You know, who's got, you know, a career in front of them. They're, they've got ways in which they sure. can bounce back. And may have already established themselves. Right. And, you know, sure, those aren't easier. Um, but the, the student athlete, where in some case you're dismissing the kid from the team, mm-hmm. or ultimately the school, and we've had some some high-profile instances of that. Those are tough, yeah. you know, because you're, you're, you're looking at all this opportunity and all we build up for these kids and then just to snatch it away yeah. um, is we really make sure that this is the right thing to do by the university. Because, look, I'm one guy here at TCU. There's no one bigger than the enterprise, mm-hmm. and we have to protect the enterprise. Um, and, and sometimes that means the removal of a student athlete or a staff member. And those are, those are not – those are uh, – those are cloudy days. Yes, I, I can imagine. <laughs> Jeremiah Donati is with us, the athletic director at TCU. We're talking uh, persuasion on our leadership podcast from the Neely School of Business, neely.tcu.edu. Let's get, let's get back to the, to the main topic, and that is persuasion, in that you have set, along with input from others, guidelines or objectives for your program, for, for the enterprise, if you will. And one of the things that uh, you have to do is continue to – not reset, but express your priorities. Mm-hmm. How do you go about doing that with with 200 people? <laughs> you know, how do you continually remind them of the priorities? Well, it's, it's, it's difficult, you know, because you don't get a chance to sit with every single person individually and discuss your short and long-term vision. And frankly, in college athletics right now, the ground is kind of moving under our feet. Right. You know, it's it'd be difficult. You know, it's almost kind of laughable if someone were to put out a five or ten year plan for an athletic department. I mean, heck, you know, given the the recent legislation that's come down mm-hmm. and the lawsuits that have come down, I mean, our world might look a lot different next year. Mm-hmm. So um, you, you try to focus on the things you can control. And, you know, that's I tell everybody every every day I lo- I'm looking for people with tremendous passion, tremendous commitment, um, common sense and just great initiative. You know, people that are going to come in here and work work hard. I mean, we're, we're the, the, the four pillars, if you will, haven't changed. and They'll always remain the same, which is provide an unbelievable experience, 
you know, put these kids in a position to win on and off the court, make sure they graduate from TCU and help them become uh, better, responsible citizens and leaders. And those kind of four things are our North Star. So that, that vision, if you will. Now there's kind of micro subsets underneath sure. those, but those four pillars are never going to change. Uh, that is the essence of being a student athlete and the essence of being at a place like TCU. Uh, so, you know, it's if I would challenge someone who's been on my staff, especially the executive team, if they don't understand those, then, then they probably just weren't listening. Right, right. <laughs> but, but no, you just you have to keep, and I'm being a little facetious, you have to continue to to reinforce that and in, and in different ways. I mean, we're talking about, you know, Thursday night, you and I will be together with uh, LaDainian Tomlinson celebrating the launch of our Student Athlete Development Fund in his name. And, and that's really a nod to one of those pillars, which is helping these kids become responsible leaders and citizens after their time at TCU mm-hmm. and when they, when, they, when they leave here and given those tools, um, you know, for postgraduate work. The reminder of the priorities doesn't always have to come in a – uh, a note card mm-hmm. or uh, an email reminder. It can just become in how how you act, right? Yeah. And, and how you lead yourself. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, we were talking about persuasion. You know, one yeah. thing is is that I tell young folks this. I was actually had a former student athlete in my office earlier today, and and was asking for kind of for best advice. And and um, you know, people these days are so scared of the word sales. Right. And I tell you, I tell this: you are selling every single day of your life. You're selling not yourself, not a product. You're selling a vision. You're selling a hope. And for for young folks, for even you know professionals that are out there, you've got to be comfortable with, you know, per, you've got to use your art of persuasion, as yeah. we were talking about sales, if you will, to to sometimes get your point across. Um, sell, sell a vision, sell a, uh, sell a path, if you will. I mean, one of the things when I took this position was I, I think I was somewhat effective in selling, you know, where we were going and what we could be, you know, where we could be effective. And the reason that you were successful in selling that, and, and, and I've been fortunate enough to be around you when you have sold that, is that you believe in the product. Oh, absolutely. If, if you don't believe in the product, that sales presentation, whether that product mm-hmm. is your brand yeah. personally or selling TCU to a, a constituent, mm-hmm. to a student athlete, to a mom and dad, if you don't believe in it, you can't sell it. Well, Ted, and I'll give you a great example of that. And it's where we're sitting right now, Shulmire Arena. When we, when this was Daniel Meyer Coliseum, and I remember talking to some donors initially, and there were some folks who didn't see the vision, didn't mm-hmm. see us ever getting there. But we believed that this place had t- tremendous uh, tremendous potential, and there was a tremendous opportunity to be good in basketball, to to be much better in basketball, and selling that vision. I believed in it. I've, I've I've saw what we did in football. I saw what we've done in rifle and baseball, and now what we've done in things like soccer and volleyball, and how we've grown these programs. We had to sell that vision to donors to, and now it's to to get to where we are. Now it's kind of fun to to see the rewards of that we got a ways to go, but um, if you look at Coming off our three most consecutive three consecutive seasons of um, postseason play, we've never done that right, in TCU right. basketball history. So, uh, you know, Coach Dixon would tell you we've got a ways to go. Coach Peebly would tell you we've got a ways to go. But they're outstanding coaches, and we're we're headed the right we're headed the right place. Okay, I want to uh, as we wind down here, I want to focus on three quick things, mm-hmm. Jeremiah, that have been written before. We're not breaking any new ground here, but they make total sense when it comes to persuasion and the art of persuasion when it comes to leadership. And the three things are the head, the heart, and the hands. Mm -hmm. And we kind of touched on all three of those. The head is you have to be logical about what you're trying to influence people to do, Mm -hmm. meaning the end game has to be something that makes sense to them, right? 
but the way you present it has to be logical too. Yeah, absolutely. And you've got to find different ways to appeal to different folks. I mean, that's part of being a good leader is appealing to them intellectually that this is, um, or persuading them that this is what's best for the enterprise. And you have to have facts to kind of back that Uh up. Uh, the, The heart is the emotion, which you're really good at. Because you have to believe in order to persuade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have to believe that this is the right thing to do, that there's, you know, there's there's a lot of emotionalism attached to a university. I mean, all you have to do is read my, follow me on Twitter right. after a tough loss. Right, I know. You, you know, and so, um, you know, appealing to the heart and, and, and you can tell when people's hearts aren't into it, you know. And I say this, the, the people that, that really make this place go, TCU, are the people that have tremendous hearts and, like you say, um, are all in. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes you do that blindly. You know, you it just feels right, and that's when you're leading with your heart. And, and finally, the hands. And, and you touched on this earlier when you said, hey, I, I wouldn't ask someone to do something that I wouldn't do myself mm-hmm. because it is a collaborative effort. Yeah. It, it, it's not a dictatorship. It is, and it's the little things, too. And, you know, sometimes, and this is kind of embarrassing, but on the other end, it's it's not, is that, you know, you'll see me sometimes in front of Schollmeyer picking up trash. I, I, no, I, no, not sometimes. I see you walking, and you'll see something and grab it and, th- I and just, throw it away. Yeah, but you'll see, and I learned that from, from my time following tremendous leaders, taking so much pride in the place that you – the place, the, the the path from the lot, from the uh, parking lot to your office, the elevators, the staircases, those things matter. And when people come on this campus and they go, I've never seen a place like this. Look, it's not that we've got just, in a, you know, a bunch of amazing janitorial service mm-hmm. walking around everybody picking stuff up. Right. We do. Yes. But we also have a lot of folks that take pride in it and are willing to roll up their sleeves. I mean, I saw the other day, I saw a student athlete p- trying to pull a uh, piece of paper out of a bush that had flown off, mm-hmm. you know, from someone's, uh, out of someone's backpack or something. I mean, it just, that was really kind of touching for me. But we, you know, we really grind it out here. When you say, when you're talking about with your hands, we've got a, a team that works really hard, but I think you've got to lead by example sometime. If they don't see you in there working hard or side by side with them, it's going to be difficult to convince them that's what they need to be doing and that's what's going to be their path to success. The head, the heart, the hands. Yeah, that, that all leads to persuasion, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, to, to the common goal. And the common good, too. That's the other thing, right, that we, uh, we could spend another half hour on is that generally the common goal is for the common good. Uh, and I think that's what's happening here at TCU Athletics. Yeah, we've got a, a great thing going on here at TCU. We're lucky. Uh, we, we've got a ways to go, but you just look at our, our lead-on uh, slogan, if yeah. you will. I mean, we're really um, focused on developing you know, a new generation of leaders, and, and that's exciting. That's exciting to be a part of. When you come to work every day kind of re-motivated, um, I tell people this all the time. Figuratively, I run to work every day. I love showing up because the energy that's here on campus waiting for you is you can't match that anywhere else. Lead on. That's why the Neely School of Business is sponsoring our leadership podcast presented by the executive programs at the Neely School of Business online at neely.tcu.edu. Jeremiah Donati, Athletic Director. Thanks for the time. Thank you, Brian. Always good to be with you. All right. Uh, This has been a special presentation of not only Horn Frog Sports Properties, but TCU Athletics in conjunction with the Neely School of Business. Until the next time on our Leadership Podcast.